get into these times. And, huh, just want to lie down on the floor and cry for a while. Eh? Mm -hmm. well, it's not all bad. Not a not a bad way to be, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Um, so today's a, the reason we've organised today is to have a talk about where we're going as a fellowship and what we believe the Lord's saying to us and we know in this family that God doesn't speak through one person but it's through the confirmation of witnesses that we, we know we're hearing from the Lord. Yeah. And uh, just just before we, while we're having our little tea and coffee and yummy lollies and things, thank you darling, that was wonderful, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, Dawny was speaking to, to Britt and uh, was telling her a little word that that the Lord had spoken to, to her about. So before I begin, I just want her to come and share what she shared with Britt. And uh, then we're going to go from there. Okay. So come up to it. Well, let's welcome her. Um, yeah, so I've been praying for the way for a fair bit. The Lord has put the way in my heart. Um, and um, the Lord gave me um, this vision of um, Nehemiah. That, but even pre-Nehemiah, you know, you have, I'm going to get this name wrong, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, whatever it is. And, mm -hmm. and we have Ezra, and the, their names are very significant as well. And Nehemiah. And the Lord reminded me, well, he actually took me right back to Habakkuk and how Habakkuk it was crying out and... Um, there was, you know, he was in charge of, or he was a prophet in the temple for um, Judah, the remnant, and they had quite a journey, and they went into anyway exile. And um, the Lord was just saying to me that the way he, I really believe that the Lord was saying about this year and the way that the way is going to be forerunners in um, bringing people back to the old ancient pathways and resetting our mindset because just the similarity in that in terms of Judah was looked at as feeble even by the Babylonians and they were left behind. Some of them were left behind and that very remnants who Nehemiah and Zerubbabel and, and Ezra were bringing out. And it's all about this mindset going back to the ancient past, going back to the original ways of the Lord. And I really believe that the Lord's going to be using the way mightily and Todd and Britton and the team to start to reteach us the old ways to get us firm in the foundations of faith because that's how they brought the exiles back. Mm -hmm. They said mm -hmm. they had to start to retrain them because they'd even forgotten. And sometimes just as, you know, we're Christians, we're born again, we're... We've got all the gourds, but sometimes we can go out there and some of that comes in to our space and there's a bit of a transference 
and we can have it can change our mindsets just a little a little a little at a time and I believe that's what the Lord wants to use mm. the way in mightily and the team to to start to do in this from this time on so yeah, amen. Thank amen. you. Who, who goes back far enough to the Kingdom Power and Glory Conference with Phil Howe? Yeah. Who was there? Oh, they're the old timers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lois going, I'm an old timer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil, at that conference, he said the new way, or the new thing, is the old thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going back to the ancient paths, which is a scripture a few weeks ago. Jeremiah 6.16. Yeah. yeah, we were discussing as an eldership that very thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really believe that that's a word from the Lord. And Nehemiah as well. Um, so... First of all, I, I do want to just start off by thanking each of you for sitting here in this room with us. New and old, I want to thank you for being part of this, this family, this biology, this body, this oikos. The Greek word means means fellowship, family. I want to thank you for being part of it. I want to thank you for your contribution to it. I know some of you have given in, in great ways to to the life of this fellowship. I want to thank you for that. For for those of you that have have led, which counts for nearly everyone. We've, we've joked often about how we seem to be all chiefs and no Indians. And it's just, it's wonderful that we are a, a body that's heavy on leaders. And I want to thank you for your leadership. I want to thank each of you for your commitment to this body. We all know that there'd be easier places to have fellowship than this little mob. <laughs> I just want to thank you for, for choosing to be, be part of this body. Last year, I can't remember exactly when it was, but we had a time of talking about vision. And who remembers that little process we took you through where I had you picking words and... and um, Creating your own your own vision, your own. Who, first of all, who was there for that? Yeah. Okay. And who who can remember this? Well, it's got it written down somewhere. Huh? Tom does. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, you know, I want you to to reinvigorate that idea because it, mm. the first thing for us as a fellowship is what is your calling? What is your destiny? What is your purpose? Because if we don't understand that, we're never going to understand how we fit in God's greater plan. Mm. 
If you don't understand what your calling and your destiny is, you will probably find yourself getting roped into doing something rather than fulfilling your calling. Mm. There's, there's a saying on the mission field which is, the need is not the calling. Mm. People see a need and they go, oh, it must be that God wants me to do that. No, there's need everywhere. Mm. And there are all sorts of places that you can go to fill a need. But is that what God is calling you to? Mm. And so it's really important that right from the outset, you have an understanding of what your calling is. Where you belong. Where God wants you. The direction he's taking you in. Because then that will fit into a greater story. Uh, when Daryl and, and Todd were here, they, they loved to talk about scrolls. And uh, we, we enjoyed joking with Daryl about, you know, coffee scrolls and things like that. Now, there's, there, is a, uh, there is a scroll for this, for your life, first of all. There's a scroll for your life, things that God has predestined that he's going to feel, fulfill in your life. There is a scroll for us as a fellowship, and, and that scroll in turn fits into his plans for this city and for this nation. And so each one fits and nests inside the other just like the little uh, Russian, Russian dolls. And you, you will know where you fit and where you belong as you understand what your calling is. And so I, the first thing that I want to do is to get you to bring back to your own remembrance what God is calling and destined for your life. And then within that, to understand how that fits in this body of believers. I feel that uh, for, for us, as the way, and you have to understand that today is about this body. And I, I make no apology for the fact that we are bringing attention today to the way. As a body, for the last oh, six years that we've been active as a body of believers, everything about us has been about for everyone else. Our focus is leadership, our, the, our ministry style, the way we give and pour into others. You know, we barely get to take up an offering at, at Without Walls without giving it away to, to some other ministry or visitor or missionary or other church. Or, and, and, it is, and, and I'm not complaining about that. I think that that's a fantastic way to be, that, that our, our very nature is to pour out with generous blessing to others. And I'm telling you now, we don't suffer because of it. We, we rejoice watching our, our little bank account for this little body of believers just keep going up and up. You know, that despite how we give out and we give out, that you are still giving in as well. And we are blessed as a little body of believers. 
And I believe that it's because of our heart of generosity towards others. And I want to, I just want to, you know, if congratulate's the right word, I, I just want to say congratulations for that, that generosity that's flowing. And, and I believe that it's only going to continue as we continue to grow and build into one another. But, you know, Britt and I, a number of years ago, well, we were, you know, we had a house, we had a rental property, and, and you know, we were, we were going to be the property moguls. You know, we were going to build up a, a storehouse here on earth, and we were working, working towards that. And one day the Lord spoke to us and said, no, I want you to put it all down. And we did. We sold up and we went back to square one. And it was how many years later? Well, four or five years later, the, the Lord said to us, okay, I'm now going to give that part of your life back to you. It's going to be different, but I'm going to allow you to have it back. And so we went and bought Honeysuckle Street and We've all enjoyed the benefit of that little place, yeah? So, you know, it's, it's been an absolute blessing. I feel that in the same way, there's something that God's doing with us as a body where he, it, it's like we've been giving and giving and giving. And, we, and it's been very clear to us that the mandate has been you keep giving, and right at the start, I remember the Lord spoke to Lois, even about those that came to Christ. What is it to you if you lead them to Christ and I take them to the Catholic Charismatics, for instance? What is it to you if I do that? And so we, we as a fellowship have, have given, have blessed, have poured in and invested into others' lives with an open hand expecting nothing in return. And even as, as this year we start the greenhouse, we continue that process of pouring in and investing into others, expecting nothing other than those people go on into what God's calling them to. And I think that that's a wonderful way to be. We'll talk a little more about the greenhouse in a moment. But I, I, that has been our practice and our lifestyle here. But I feel that that this year, I brought a, a word about Nehemiah um, on New Year's, or that first meeting we had. And now Donnie's brought that word. Uh, there is a Nehemiah word that's coming to us as a fellowship right now. now and I believe that what God is saying is, kids, it's time for you to feel free to build for yourselves as well. Yeah. You know, we have, pat we have developed a pattern of building and investing and giving into others. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, that the Lord's saying in 2019 that, that it is permissible for you to build in your house as well. And for me, that's, a, that's an exciting prospect that that there is a permission in the heart of God for this body to be allowed to grow and to develop. Am I making sense? So this year is going to be different. Even as I'm saying this, we're giving out. 
You think about our people, right? We've, we've seen Murray and Deb leave, uh, mm. Carlin and Tess will be going soon. Ellie's going off for a period of time, so is Jared. You know, we're, we're just, and then these people, you know, from our broader community, from your nature, that are taking off to different places. Praise God, right? That this little crazy bunch of people is birthing others out into the world. And, and, and what, I, what I love, because we've seen it happen before, and I know it's going to continue, is that as they go, they tend to throw this line back going, but I'm still connected. <laughs> you know, there, there's this spiritual DNA strand that continues to hold us together. And, and it's, it's wonderful that, that that spiritual web of relationship continues to remain even as they go. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's wonderful that we're going to, to see that. And, you know, short term, long term, people are going off and going up. But at the same time, we've got them coming in as well. So as that happens for, for us, I, want, I just want to say as a little reminder, are you ready to receive the new faces? Are you ready to receive the new faces uh, into your house church, around your kitchen table, uh, into your lifestyle? Are you ready to receive them? Because they're coming, right? Donnie and her family, Luke's coming into the greenhouse. Caleb came to the Lord last week. You know, we've got, we've got people that are coming in. And, and I just want to remind you as a, as a body, be ready to receive those that, that are coming in. Not just into our church life, but into our life. Mm. Yeah? So part of that, of course, is the greenhouse. And, of course, we've been talking about it. We've been preparing for it. And, and you know, so, some of you have been very involved in that. And others are still I'm playing catch-up. What's happening here? <laughs> so just to give you a, a, a bit of a, uh, an understanding. Uh, the Lord spoke to Deb Aldridge. Uh, about August last year and and just said I have watched what you've done in our lives and the lives of others as you have raised up and equipped leaders almost without even trying what would happen if you intentionally put your effort into doing that into individuals lives what might happen if you do that and when she shared that with me, I really felt that it was a word of the Lord. And as we discussed it as an eldership, we, we felt, yes, this is the way that we were going to go. The name The Greenhouse came up through our, our youngership as uh, we, were, we were talking with the young ones. And they really felt that that summarized what this, this time was going to be. So we put the word out. Frankly, thinking that no one would be interested, <laughs> and yet we've we've had four young adults uh, respond, and and those young adults are coming in to be part, not just part of the body, but part of the leadership 
of this body. As young adults are going to slot in as part of that youngership kind of ministry and they, they, they're going to come to serve and to lead and to develop in the calling in their lives. And uh, one of those, of course, is with us. It's Luke. And uh, it's just... You know, Luke is, has a uh, uh, born and bred Bendigo boy, basically. And uh, it has had a history at uh, Bendigo Baps family there. And, and, uh, but but uh, he's come to spend this, this year with us, serving and growing and, and developing as part of that. Uh, another name that you will know is Stephanie, Stephanie Hunt, who has, if, if you've been coming out on the streets with us, you'll know exactly who Stephanie <laughs> is, and uh, she's going to be part of it, and two other young men, one from Melbourne, his name's Daniel, uh, like Luke, who's put his engineering degree on hold for the, for the year, uh, Daniel's putting his law degree on hold for the year, and uh, he's coming up from Melbourne. And uh, then there's another young man from Adelaide. His name's Isaac. Isaac's arriving tomorrow. He's he's a videographer. Um, you know, he's got uh, obviously skills, and he's been running a business doing that. And he's closing down for the year again to come and spend time in this community, receiving input, direction, training to go and be a leader in the broader community <coughs> of Jesus. And, and that's the thing. I, I just want to, I want you to understand that these people have looked at what God's doing amongst us and said, there is something there that I want and I'm willing to lay my life down for a year to receive that. And, and I think sometimes it's good to take a step back and realise the value of what is taking place amongst us. That, that people are willing to put their lives on hold just to come in. And I know that uh, we met Sam and Ange while they were here with us. Yeah. Yeah. Sam and Ange also are really desiring to come and spend some time in this community as a family as well. Just really pray for them. I mean, to mm. come from the United States to Australia for a period of time to do that, it'd take a miracle, right? With visas and all that sort of thing. So really just pray for them that God will make a way and open a door that they can come and, and receive from us for, for a season as well. Just uplift them in prayer, the platform. So the greenhouse is going to be an amazing time. These guys are going to be driven in, in prayer and in intimacy with God, in, in building relationship with the Lord. They're, they're going to be studying the Word heavily. They're going to, we've, we've got a Bible in, read the Bible in the year program that uh, is going to be running. It's, it's, we've set it up on a 40-week schedule, so like four 10-week terms, five days a week, reading, so that's six chapters a day, five days a week, 40 weeks a year. So I want to let you know that we're going to be doing that with them. If you would like to do that as well, 
Remember we're called a discipline followers. <laughs> if you would, and you might remember I was talking about how Britt doesn't like this analogy, but I, I think it's really good, right? It's a 50-year-old man, I don't need to eat my vegetables. I know, I know, you listen to it all. Yes, you do, yes. But if I want to have a burger one night, I can go out and have a burger. I am, I am a, I'm in charge of my own destiny when it comes to what goes into my mouth, yes? But, <laughs> however, just like when you're a father and you're sitting around a kitchen table with your little ones, you are going to have to eat your vegetables because you need to eat them for the sake of your children, yes? yes. And in, in the same way, uh, with the, the time that I'm going to be spending with these guys, I am intending to eat my vegetables. And so uh, I really believe that leadership is, a, is not about telling people to do something that you're not doing yourself. And so every, every step that, uh, that I ask these young people to walk, I'm going to be walking right alongside them. And I just want to encourage you, if you want to just jump on the Bible reading program with us, what a great thing to do because then when you have them over for dinner, when they come to your house church meeting, when you're interacting with them at a barbecue or at a conference or something like that, you'll know exactly what they're reading, exactly where they're up to. What a great opportunity it is to interact and to relate and talk about the, the things that they're going through the scriptures with. So if you would like to be a part of that, just let us know and we'll give you a copy of that reading program so that you can motor along with them. Uh, they're also going to be involved in everything from uh, leading worship and being involved in leading the meetings and contributing uh, in, in the life of the house churches and, and that sort of thing, starting ministries and working alongside all of us. They're also going to be there stacking chairs and cleaning toilets, just like Britt and Todd do. Right, so we're, it's, it's the, the full gamut of, of leading and ministry. And uh, it, it's just going to be great to you know, have people that are picking up that load and, and carrying with us. Um, we're also putting a requirement on them to read some books. We have, uh, amongst the eldership, we've been gathering up a library of books that, that we really believe uh, impactful, transformational, life-changing kinds of books. And we're, we're, we're literally going to have that library in the greenhouse for, for this year and coming years. And from that library, they get to choose six books that they need to read through that year, and then they'll be you know, providing input on what they've learned from, from those books. So again, uh, we, we've got a list of what those books are. If you two are going, well, I want to know what those things are, I, I would like to do that, then we want you to feel free to be a part of it. And all of this is about developing that intentional life of growing and developing in the kingdom of God. And every single one of us needs it. Every single one of us. So I, I, for those elements, you maybe you're not in a position to put down your life to, to serve for a year. 
But there's certainly ways that you can do some of this on the edge, and we want to encourage you to do that. <coughs> Another thing that's going to happen this year is we're giving School of the Spirit a reboot. Now, who here has done SOS? Hey, look at them all. Fantastic. So, we're giving it a bit of a reboot. There's going to be some new um, sections that we're going to add to it. We're going back to one session a night, one session a week instead of two. We were finding that when we were doing those double sessions, it was just information overload. So we're, it's going to end up looking like a course that fills most of the year on uh, a weekly uh, Wednesday night um, ministry time. But we're also going to be putting word out, advertising for want of a better word, each section discreetly so that, I don't mean discreetly as in hidden, I mean each section separately. Uh, so if there was part that you missed in the time that you did it, or you want to be a part of the new sections that are being added, you're going to be aware of that and actually be, be able to come and join in. Also, by doing it that way, I think it makes it a little more approachable for people as they're coming into this environment to kind of jump on the bandwagon halfway through and to, to pick up and, and catch up in following years as it continues to roll along. So uh, School of the Spirit's going to be starting. We're going to, with, with Ellie, we're going to make the most of having her uh, in the last few weeks that she's here. And she's going to open School of the Spirit doing a, uh, a little two-week series on intimacy with the Father and so that's going to be great. Um, I'm not going to teach it all this year. I'm going to be engaging our other leaders to pick up on various portions of it and to present it. You know, we've got some great material, but I really want to uh, promote others in, in leading and, and pressing forward and... You know, I haven't told Britt this yet, but I'd really love her, love to see her do yeah, some, come on. do one on worship, <laughs> and you know. So, I, what what I would love to see with School of the Spirit is what I'm going to call um, master classes, where we actually it, it it feels like a workshop, and and so it's opportunity to learn practicalities of things like worship, prophecy, and. And things like that, where it's, it becomes very workshoppy, very hands-on um, instruction midstream, and and so that's that's the idea. So School of the Spirit's going to have a, a reboot, and we're going to have some great fun with that this coming year. With all of this going on, a point that I I just. I was writing down just uh, before we left home to come here is returning to the simplicity of the faith. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Matthew 22 verses 37 to 40. There is two problems that we are called to in our lives. One is developing a depth of relationship with the Father mm. through the price paid with Jesus Christ empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
Mm. And my my urgency at the moment for for me, right? I'm, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. Mm. Is is as Rob said in a conversation we were having at Ethan's party last night is beholding the face of Jesus. Mm. And it was one of those things that just struck to the core of my being. And even today, Mm. I'm just overwhelmed with how we need to behold his face, Mm. to see him, that that in everything that we are doing, you know, the people say, oh yeah, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. No, no, no. The more heavenly minded you are, mm. the more earthly good you are. Mm. And, and we, we need to develop a, a heart attitude, a mindset, where we are not spending life walking, looking around like this, but we walk looking like this. Mm. That in everything that we're doing, our eyes and our attention mm. are on Jesus. That... that there can be there can be people getting healed around us, demons manifesting. There can be lives being changed, things being turned upside down, things being turned right side up. But in everything that's going on, we see Jesus. Okay. And and yeah. as as much as the school of the spirit is about empowering people and directing them, Britt and I have just really been feeling, and Britt more so. She's been driving force in this. We must get Jesus front and centre in mm. everything that we are doing, yes. in everything that we are saying, mm. in everything that comes out of this little group of people, mm. that it is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Mm. And, and so I, I just want to encourage you, the first side of that is beholding his face, mm. locking into that, that deepening a relationship with, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, the second part of that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and love your neighbour as yourself. Mm-hmm. All the things that you're willing to do for yourself, are you ready to do that for your neighbour? Mm-hmm. And you know... This, this summer, we've had a push in the realm of evangelism. And one of the things that I, I really want to emphasise is that if we are an apostolic people, mm. as we believe that we are, we believe that this little body it has an apostolic mandate. Mm. That if we're going to fulfil that mandate, we must be willing to go. Apostles, go. Mm. There must be a goingness about us. Mm. And right now, we are in a, a... We have determined to have a small season of intentional evangelism. Just a small season. Literally a season. Summertime. Now, I, I've had people say to me, well, you know, you've got to keep this in balance. Right? There needs to be balance in this. Okay. So who here has been saved more than 10 years? Yeah. 
Okay, who can go more than 20? More than 30? Okay. So, here's the thing. Every single one of us, Matthew 28, 18, go ye therefore into the whole world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. Now, I don't want you to answer these questions. I want you to think carefully about it. When was the last time, for those of you that are 10 years or more in the world, when was the last time you actually led someone to Christ? When was the last time your life was busy with discipling somebody in the faith? And, and you know that it, I'm not just talking about bringing someone along to church. I mean, when was the last time your life was busy on a daily basis with discipling someone in Christ? So, if we have had the pendulum, this 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, of not living a life of discipling people in Christ... Mm. How far are we swinging the pendulum if we're going to spend a couple of months taking a bit of time to, to go out and share the gospel? Do you think we're swinging it too far out this way? 10 years, 20 years, 30 years of not really doing much compared to a couple of months. I, I, I don't think we've even got enough momentum there to get it to the halfway line. Um, are you, you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so, so I, I just want to say that for those of you that have, that have found the, the concept of this to be maybe a little out of balance, I, I just want to put to you that maybe it's not so out of balance when we compare it to our life before the Lord. Yeah? Mm. And the thing is this, is that, okay, so maybe... In, in, in um, taking stock and looking at, at your, your life in Christ as a whole and, and maybe like me coming up a little short on that side of the ledger because it, the, the fact is I'm a lot short on that Oh yeah, I'm really good at standing behind behind a pulpit and telling people about Jesus. Oh yeah, I'm fabulous. I'll go to Africa and I'll stand on a on a rickety wooden stage and, and talk about Jesus there. But to do that in the supermarket, to do that on a street corner, to do that in a restaurant. I find that deeply challenging. So maybe what I need to do for my life is if I'm going to get to a point where, where sharing my faith with people becomes something that is comfortable in my daily life, maybe what I need to do is just for a little while is push that pendulum right out here for a little bit, right out into the... the What's the opposite of the comfort zone? The uncomfort zone? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to bring it right out here for a little bit mm. so that when it swings back, it's kind of resting maybe here rather than 
here. Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. So I really want to encourage you that, that this is just a small time that we have set aside as a body, as a body of believers, mm -hmm. to reach out outside of our comfort zone mm -hmm. and to share our faith. And really, I just want you to think about it. You, you, to, to go up and talk to a stranger on the street might seem challenging. But really, which is more challenging? Talk to a total stranger on the street or your work colleague? Mm -hmm. A total stranger who you have no connection with on, or no relationship with on the street or your family at a family gathering? Someone who's on the street that you know, no, you have no relationship with, or the kids that you've got to do school with every day. You see, it's actually easier <laughs> to go out on the street and walk up to someone that you have no relationship with and say, excuse me, can I tell you about Jesus? That is actually far if, if we're just talking about bringing an adjustment to our lives, hmm. that method is far easier than facing up to family or friends or work or school colleagues. And so if you want to get to a point where you can talk to those, those people and actually feel comfortable about it, a great way to do it you swing the pendulum out over here into spending some time with randoms on the street. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it will help bring some, some adjustment mm -hmm. to those 10, 20, 30, oh my Lord, 40 <laughs> years of... And, and that's the thing. I, that's what I am talking about in my life. I was raised from birth knowing that Jesus loved me and have spent 48 of those years proclaiming that I love Jesus but frankly proclaiming it to the people that agree with me. Mm. Mm. In bringing balance mm. it's a little bit of ground to make up. <laughs> mm. So I'm just, can I just put that on the table for you guys to have a think about? Mm. In doing that, who, uh, who came and did the flood Bendigo time there with Luke mm. Clark? Wasn't, wasn't he a wonderful young mm. man? Yeah. He's just got such a heart, not just a heart for evangelism, he's got a heart for evangelism in Bendigo. Mm. and the Lord has been speaking to him the Lord has been speaking to me for many months I've just been sitting on this until I got to have a conversation with him and I know that uh, the Lord's been speaking to Ellie and maybe some of the other young ones too about a concept which is, can be summarised up as the house of peace and for those of you that, that know your word well, you'll know that Jesus, when he talked to his disciples, 
told them to, when you go, go and find a house of peace. And when you find it, let your peace rest there. And, but if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet and move forward. So there is, there's a number of us that are really feeling a, uh, a urgency uh, that, uh, that this is the right time to actually do a bit of a House of Peace project, which kind of looks like, to give you an idea, it kind of looks like, uh, hi, I'm not a Mormon, I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. Hi, I'm, I'm Totem from the way... I just wanted to know if uh, there was anything that as a church we could do for you or uh, if you would like us to pray for you for any uh, sickness or disease in your life. No? That's fine. Thank you anyway. On to the next door. Hi, my name's Todd. I'm, I'm from the way. I've just come to, to find out if as, as a church there's anything that we can... Okay. Sorry about that. Thank you anyway. <laughs> Right? We're not looking to convert everybody. We're just looking to find a house of peace. Mm. That when we knock on a door, someone opens it, we tell them and maybe they start crying and saying, I've been praying that, so, that God would send someone to tell them. So we're, we're this, this year, we're, we're in the coming weeks, we're going to be looking to start doing that kind of a ministry. And if that, if something leaps inside of you with that, it, it might be joy, it might be excitement, it might be horror. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if there's something leaping inside of you, I really want to encourage you to, to maybe come and be a part of that. You know, it's, it, it's actually okay. Ellie and I have talked about this. It's actually okay to hide behind the jacket or the skirt of someone else <laughs> and, and just to be there, you know, maybe quivering or shaking a little bit, but mm. to actually just be there mm. is okay. Holding, trembling lips. That's right, yeah, yeah. Stammering tongue, trembling lips. You don't even have to open your trembling lips. You, you're welcome to come and just stand behind someone else who's got the trembling lips moving. <laughs> All right? <laughs> See, here's the thing, folks. If we've got someone with trembling lips doing the talking and someone with trembling lips standing by the side <laughs> and behind and just being afraid, we are doing so much more than what the body of Christ throughout the rest of the city is doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't have to be good at this. <laughs> all, all you need to be is willing. <coughs> and, and I really want to encourage you to, you know, to take the chance to be a part of this and maybe just maybe God's going to do something amazing. Open up a whole family. You know, one minute you say, oh, I, don't, I don't know anyone that I've led to the Lord, then all of a sudden there's a whole family coming to Christ. Amen. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be a part of that? Yeah. Mm. So I really want to encourage you to consider doing that with us. Mm. Never can't read my notes. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, all right. Uh, so without rules in the way, twice a month, not twice on Sunday every week, twice a month, we make time to come together as a body. You know, for many churches, it's twice on Sunday and a, a midweek, and it's like, you know, a dozen times a month. Right? We come together twice. Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not the assembly together of the saints, as the manner of some is, but as you see the day of the Lord approaching, come together all the more. Twice a month. <laughs> it's not a big ask. If you see this as part of your fellowship, if you see or if you see this fellowship as your home base, can I ask you to give priority to that twice a month? And when I say priority, I mean not just turning up, but give it attention, give it contribution. What does that look like? Well, my father used to say, and I love it, punctuality is a sign of your spirituality. <laughs> it's actually true, and the reason is this, is that you're showing that you are giving um, respect and honour to what is taking place simply just by turning up on time. Mm. But if, if you consider this to be your home base, then, then really, it's not about just attending, it's about working with us, yeah? And so there's a contribution to be made. So what does that contribution look like? Well, if you're still trying to work out how you can contribute, why don't you start off by turning up 30 minutes early? What can you do with that time? Well, if there's nothing else to do, I'll tell you what can happen. You can pray. You can bathe that place wherever we're meeting, in Cook Street or here or in a park or whatever. Simply bathe the place in prayer. Mm. And start speaking with faith into the environment. Start declaring what's going to take place mm. in the environment. Speak life and power and the spirit into that environment. Um, but there's always other things that you can do too. I mean, we, we joke in church culture about cleaning toilets and stacking chairs, right? Mm. But it actually has to happen. There are things that need to be done simply to for people to be able to, to work together. And, and, you know, for eight years, we've been running without walls, and for eight years, we've stacked chairs. And it's, it is an honour and a privilege simply to be setting things up and making a space for others to, to partake of. And I want to encourage you in that. But not just that. For those of you that are prophetic, 
Have you been waiting on the Lord? Preparing in advance. What is the word of the Lord for this time that we're going to step into? What, what does God want to say to these people? For those of you that have got a gift of faith, gift of healing, have you been waiting on the Lord to, to get words of knowledge or, or to hear from God what he wants to do in that meeting? Who he wants to heal? Have you been stirring up that gift within you in preparation for what's going to take place? I'm believing that tonight I'm going to see healing under my hands. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for God to do something through me. For those of you that are, that are worshippers and, and, and well, singers, worshippers, actually you might have a voice like a wounded moose. But if you've got a if you've got a heart for worship, have you have you prepared yourself to be ready to open up your heart, your life, and your body to pour it out as a as a drink offering before the Lord, and and to come? You know, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart, and enter His courts with praise. Have you come prepared to actually give of yourself and to to pour yourself out to to God? For those of you that, that move in discernment of spirits and, and um, you know, the, uh, deliverance, have you turned on your radar? Are you, are you aware of what's going on in the spirit realm? Are you, are you, look, you know, with what's going on amongst us, the enemy wants to send in witches and warlocks. And you, you've got to understand, we've had that happen before. In our meetings, he wants to send in people who have got um, Jezebel spirits and Ahab spirits and, and Absalom spirits. He wants to send in people that have got religious spirits. He, he's looking to shut down the anointing. Have you got your radar on? Are you alert? Are you ready to do warfare? To, to make sure that the environment remains clean so that the Holy Spirit can have free access to move. Are you, are you prepared for those of you that are people people? People, people. Yeah. To, to just be ready to greet people at the door. Love on them. Make them feel welcome. Hey, come and sit with me. Let me introduce you to someone. You know, that, that you've got your eyes open in the meeting. There's that there's a lady there and she, she's weeping. Maybe I'd better, you know, take her a tissue, go and comfort her, minister to her. You know, for, for those of you that have got pastoral hearts, are you turned on, ready to, to minister to other people? Am I making sense with what I'm saying? So there is so much in the larger gathering that, that needs to be taking place. And I, I really want to encourage you to fulfill that scripture that each time you come together one has a psalm, a hymn a word, a ministry uh, a prophecy that, that you're coming prepared to give and to contribute into the life of the, the church, yeah? Mm. yeah? How are we going? Is this good? Is this yeah. helpful stuff? Yeah. The last thing that I want to talk about is developing a renewed vigour when it comes to our house churches. 
to us in the way, the primary focus of our life in Christ does not happen at those big meetings. It happens in your lounge room, around your kitchen table, in your home. And uh, as, as an eldership, we've been discussing um, we've been discussing some elements around the house church and, and Rob has been doing some, some great work on that and I just I want to take the opportunity to uh, read from the notes that, that Rob and Deb I guess have been working on it together have been doing and I think that uh, this really does a great job of summing up where we want to go as a fellowship. So I'm, I'm pretty much just going to read this verbatim and maybe make comments as, as we go. In some people's eyes, the way and without walls are the same thing. But without walls is set up as a monthly Holy Spirit watering hole where all are welcome to come. The way, by contrast, is the fellowship of believers that hosts it. The way aims at deeper fellowship, discipleship, evangelism, prayer, regular teaching, pastoral care, cultivation of prophetic function, etc. We are an apostolic company that contends for revival, helps people raise their spiritual temperature and transition into their divine purpose and alignment. House churches are a key expression of the way. They are not an add-on to the main Sunday meeting. Apart from without walls, the way only has one other combined meeting each month. So house churches play a key role. Indeed, committing to regularly attend a home church means the way will reckon you as belonging to its community. Did you hear that? By committing to regularly attending a home church means the way will reckon you as belonging to its community. You don't mind, of course, if people still attend other places as well, but you're on the way's radar as belonging by regularly attending one of our house churches. Or uh, another way to put it is a committed relationship to a house church. I'm not saying that it's the fact that you are there each and every week, but it's the fact that you have a committed relationship into that house church. Mm. 2009, a year of deepening community. We feel a renewed mandate for house churches. House churches foster strong and trusting relationships, provide natural locations for teaching, pastoral care, prayer and other ministry. In recent months, there has been a strong push on evangelism. New believers being brought in need the support of regular house churches. House churches are natural places to be deepened in teaching, to hear God and explore aspects of spiritual and prophetic encounter. So teaching and prophetic functions can be implemented here. Do you hear what we're saying there? That we're not saying that we're losing any focus or anything like that. But we're saying that 
a lot of the stuff that we enjoy as our culture can be implemented in a healthy house church environment. Each one extends the reach of the way and will have a flavour that appeals to different people. So mandates and expectations of house churches. The way sees these values and practices as key to healthy house churches. In any one meeting, a number of these values should be apparent over the course of several meetings, and all these, in those several meetings, all these should be seen. Some may lean a bit more to one or the other, but they should address these points. And if there was ever a time to take a note on something, it's on these things. Number one, communion. We, as an intentional directive to this body of believers, we are urging you, each and every time you come together, celebrate the Lord's Supper. Whether it's two or three of you gathered in our home, whether it's without walls, uh, if it's a leaders meeting or anything like that, we are intentionally going to be driving the Lord's Supper each and every time we come mm -hmm. together. Number two, teaching. Opening the Bible. Yes, it is wonderful to have um, you know, YouTubes and DVD series and that sort of thing. By all means, do that. But, but make sure that we're centred on the Word. And uh, even if it means that at the end of something like that, you pick a scripture and open it together. We want people carrying their Bibles. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I love the way Caleb, from the, the moment he's, he got it, he's carried that that Bible around with him everywhere he goes. And there's something something powerful. When you see someone standing on the street sharing the gospel and they've got that thing in their hand under their, under their arm, what a wonderful symbol. And, and you know it is. It is a wonderful symbol because we watched a young man that we spoke to on the street. We were trying to encourage him to pray. And at the time he said, no, I won't do it. They end up, he ended up praying, no, I heard Luke, for guy Sam. But, but he, he looked at that Bible under Caleb's arm and, and he said, but the next time I see one of those, I'm going to be sure to grab it and have a, have a read. There's, there's power. There's power in this book. Uh, number three, fellowship. Get to know each other. It tends to be the natural side effect of, of meeting, but it's a valid goal to have some space for fellowship. Number four, prayer. Praying for each other, praying for the city, praying for the way. Take time every time you come together to speak to God together. It's really important because as, as new people come in, what did, what did the disciples say to Jesus? Jesus, teach us how to pray. One of the few times that we see Jesus bring any how-tos was actually on prayer. Number five, giving. We don't run weekly meetings outside of home churches. The idea is not to run a collection for the main group, but to be managed and allocated as each group sees fit. For example, supporting a member of that group, of that house church, 
giving to a missionary or coming and giving it to the body, laying it at the apostles' feet, the practice that we see in Scripture. What we're saying is this. Obviously, the way needs to be financially supported. But, but it is the responsibility of the body to do that as it supports itself, as it supports others around them. And so imagine for a moment if you have got a house church, they're regularly meeting together and they're taking up offerings. They're, I don't know, they're putting it in a tin or maybe they open a little bank account or they're doing whatever they need to. And they, they've got this money and they're saying, what should we do? And maybe what the Lord wants us to do is run a barbecue and invite everyone three blocks in every direction, get them all together and share the gospel. Maybe what we need to do is we've got a, a, a young mum who's come in and she's really struggling. We can prop her up for a little while while she's in the first weeks of having a, a new baby. Maybe we're, we're sitting on all this money and we know that we just need to hand it into the way so that the, the work of, of ministry more broadly continue, can continue to grow and develop and move forward. But you see what I'm saying? It's, we're, not, we're not looking to just drag it all into here for, for our sake so that we can drive what we need to. We want to see each church being responsible before the Lord financially as well as in every other part of their life. Does that make sense? Number six. Worship. Taking time to worship together. You know, to you may not have a guitarist or a, a musician. Hey, so invite one. Right? We've got lots of talented people in this in this church. Maybe invite one. Say, hey, look, this week we really want to spend some time doing some worship. Would you come and strum the guitar for us or play a keyboard for us? Know, so think about doing that but also just stick on a CD or just stand together in the middle of the room and say Father I love you, I worship you I praise you, you are my King, you are my Lord you are my Saviour, you don't need any music to do that mm. to just pour out a heart of praise to Him mm. and finally Oh, I can't believe that last one. No, maybe we should mention it. <laughs> Evangelism. Uh, <laughs> outreach. Don't build a holy huddle. Mm. You know, I, I heard it once said, and I think it's just a wonderful picture. We need to become sheep that are a little more wolfy. Oh, they talk about a wolf in sheep's clothing. Maybe we need to become a little bit like sheep in wolves' clothing. What I mean by that is, here you've got this great little bunch of people that, that love Jesus. Building each other up. How about we learn to hunt in packs for salvation? You know, maybe it's Todd and Britton Graham and Miles. And we say, so 
Graham, our next door neighbour. You know, got a bit of a relationship with them. So we'll, we'll invite them over for dinner and then we'll invite you guys over. And then you just go after them, share the gospel, no holds barred, just hit them with it and we'll just sit there and look like stunned mullets. <laughs> right? And then you go home early and then we'll say to them, wow, where did that come from? What did you think of that? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's like thinking and about how can we hunt as a pack, become all things to all men to win some. Maybe as a house church we'll do a street barbecue. Um, you know, hire a jumpy castle because we've got a whole bunch of kids in the street. Let's hire a jumpy castle and put on a barbecue, invite everybody over and then have gospel tracts to hand out to all of them, invite them to something on Wednesday night. Or, you know, just, just thinking out of the box to, to... My grandfather built a mini golf course in his front yard and got all the kids in the neighbourhood you can look up for that, you know. <laughs> but he, he built a mini golf course in his front yard, would open it up, get all the kids over on a Saturday. He would and understand this is a man who was on the disability pension. And his wife was on the disability pension. And every Saturday they would put on a barbecue, he got a whole bunch of bricks, he made a great huge barbecue plate. He'd cook up a whole bunch of sausages and he would um, give every kid a very watered-down cordial and a sausage and a piece of bread and then they would all go into his garage where he had a little pulpit set up and he would preach the gospel to them every Saturday. And mum was telling me that 40 years later she met a man who was a, he was a hairdresser and he... He went right away, you know, he went into a homosexual life and had all these sorts of things and he said, and in the middle of that, in, in the middle of all of my darkness, I can see your father's bony finger pointing at me, <laughs> reminding me about Jesus. And he said, it took me years, but I came, I left everything of that lifestyle behind and I turned my life around and came back to Jesus. All because of that, that man with his bony finger in the garage preaching to him after a weak cordial and a sausage in bread. <laughs> so, you know, there is, we're looking for God to do amazing things. But here was a, a couple who were, you know, both on the disability pension, but they found a way to reach out to their community. So I, I just want to encourage you with that. We have assigned a number of local fivefold coaches uh, in, in this body. And in Ephesians 4.11, we all know this scripture. He gave him the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And we will no longer be infants, 
tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their de deceitful scheming. It's our expectation that coaches will visit each group on a bit of a rotating system. This is not to check up on you, but to encourage and to help deepen aspects of the group's existence and understanding in Christ. Now, I just want to give you an idea. We've got people here who have been in different churches and different environments. I want you to think back to that, that time. Mm. How often, when you were a part of, you know, that Calathumpian church, how often did you get to, for instance, have dinner with the senior pastor? Well, I'm, I'm hearing you. Well, that, that's good. That's, but that's unusual. Yeah. To most people that I ask that question, they usually chuckle and say, yeah. never. Right? They, I, I've been at that church for five years and I've never had a conversation with the senior minister. That, that's kind of the, the standard, um, even in smaller churches. So I want you to picture this. You're sitting in your house church, and, uh, and this week Todd and Britt come to visit. And there's four of you in your house church, and, and you four, you get to spend the evening with us, you get to ask questions, things that have been concerning you, and uh, you're trying to understand from the scripture or you've been looking for a word uh, we get to pray over you we get to prophesy, we get to minister to you and here you are you're getting to have virtually like a one on one time with us uh, who would think yeah that'd be great, I'd like to do that right then a couple of weeks later Graham and Lois popping and now you're getting to spend time with, with the pastor and the prophet and they're pouring into your life and get prophetic words and getting input and learning from the scripture. And, you know, that'd be great, right? Mm. But then a few more weeks go by and Rob and Deb drop in. A few more weeks later, Linda drops in. And you're, you're living this life of of receiving deep dive ministry. After Linda's visited, Tom Britta back for another visit. Right? And so the, the average person in this body of believers, even if we only got to visit once a year, they're going to have like four deep dive sessions with the that the senior leadership, the senior ministry, five-fold ministry in the church, five times, four times, five times in a year, you see how valuable this house church's environment can actually be for developing the life of the believer. So we're going to be very intentional about that this year. And as we do that, we're inviting you as in the house churches, especially those of you that choose to lead a house church, to, um, to yield to that and, and to make space when we come to visit, to yield to that environment 
and allow that kind of ministry to happen. We know that each group will develop its own flavour and dynamics and each may reach people who wouldn't otherwise be reached. And one of the things that we've known is that every time we start a new house church, there's been a couple of new people who we have never ever seen before come into orbit in in this environment. So there is such a strong, healthy dynamic that takes place when we, we decide actively to do this. So we want you to, to think about your engagement with house churches this year and set a goal, an intentional goal to grow by salvation. Not transfer. It's wonderful that you've got friends in other churches and other places that might receive from your ministry. That's, that's great. But how about we bring a focus to the other 95,000 odd people that live in our city that don't know Jesus and start bringing a few of them to Christ. What about this? What if you set yourself an intentional goal for this year to bring one person to Jesus? To deliberately, intentionally help each other tick that box for a soul in his crown for 2019. I think I've got I think I've got a hot prospect. Well let's all work together to win that friend of yours to Jesus. Uh, we we are at the same time working with tools to help with that. Who's looked at the new believers studies on the way website? If if you've got someone new that you've come that you've brought to Christ, then be encouraged to that there is like at the moment twenty different prepackaged conversations waiting for you on the website that you can go and talk to those people about. Everything from what does it mean to be be a believer through to being baptized in the Holy Spirit prophecy and speaking in tongues it's all there waiting for you and it's designed as a conversation point for you it's not for them to read it's for you to read in preparation to go and have a conversation it's got a whole bunch of little prompts and scriptures and things so that when you're sitting across the coffee table and you're talking about these things with them you're going to sound like you've, you've got all the good oil and you know what you're talking about even if you're a new believer yourself, you're going to have everything that you need to help them with that. So I, I, my desire today is that you walk away with a strong idea of what that's going to look like for you this year. That you actually have an, even an idea of who you want to work with as as a house church. Can I just ask, who here is already fully intending that they're they're ready to start and and 
do a house church as we launch off. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ben and Sherry, why don't you guys come on? Just take two minutes. Tell us what what you guys are thinking about. Sure. Um, so obviously, uh, last year we moved from the flat we were living in for Hill to a place in Iron Park with the intention that it would be a welcome and open place for people to come and do house church. Um, we've thrown around the ideas of you know, having like that intentional um, Bible study group, but also having our contacts as a place, like having the place as a place of contact for any new believers who actually want to come in and and meet someone and hang out at our house and actually um, learn about the Bible in the first place. So sort of an ABCs, this is the Bible, this is communion, this is prayer, this is worship. So you're ready to be the new believers drop-in centre? Yeah. Wow, fantastic. Isn't that great? Wow, that's fantastic. All right, wonderful. Um, who else? Eighth, the young men? Yeah. <coughs> um, so Carl and I last year ran a young men's group. Um, and Carl's leaving soon, but we got a few greenhouse guys coming in, so maybe mm. a couple of those might help out. And that's just for, like, encounter, um, sort of teaching on gifts of spirit, but also like a leadership thing like teaching guys how to run their own like sort of small group just sort of like how to host a space with your friends that's a big thing in my heart about like actually being a leader with the people you're around and how to actually be like the influencer mm -hmm. like like bringing things back to God um, with whoever you're with yeah fantastic mm. Rob yeah as you as you may or you may not know, that we've, um, the last couple of years we've run a group that had a bit of a, a focus on prophetic encounter and the hearing God and so on. Um, but we're probably feeling that it's time to morph that back to a more standard style house church. Uh, a bit more teaching. We'll still have a prophetic, can, can fit into the prayer and everyone lose that. But, um, but partly, I guess, Thoughts on my heart is that the number of people on our periphery mm. who um, they need to be invited into things in order to to sort of cement their connection to the way they come along to things that they're not quite in. But if they were invited into a small group, then they might call it that's their base. You know? And I think that's um, well, the people that have started to to like to resonate with our our frequency if you like but aren't quite across the line in terms of being comfortable with that to call it home but potentially could be um, that's what's on my heart at the moment we need to talk about it a bit more and to, to trash that out and to do some some teaching um, yeah, to do all sorts of things that's like they're flexible structures so you know generally Depending on the who comes and what the needs are, you can adjust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Um, I was planning on doing a Sunday evening, they were like 
Bible study group to help out with all the questions and struggles that I had when I first came into all this, a lot of things that I can wrap my mind around. But I'm um, like Luke, uh, yeah, Luke, Ethan, and Matthew to give me a hand. But so anyone else who's new and has the same worries, concerns, and thoughts that I had, a place to go and ask all these questions. Fantastic. That's good. Yeah. Hi. Mother and I Bible study will be starting again on the second week of February. Fantastic. Excellent. So what we want, what we want for everyone is, um, you know, if you go well, none of those work for me. Well, guess what? You can start one too, right? And and it can be morning or it can be evening. And how many people does it take to have a meeting? Two. Two. Yes. Right. And and. If you've got, if there's two of you, you are just as valid mm -hmm. a house church as if there's 20. I want you to understand that. You're not a half-baked because there's only two of you. Some of the most powerful things that can happen is when two mm -hmm. start working together. You know, the history teaches on, on all this sort of stuff that if you've got a powerhouse church of, you know, mm. several hundred people, and they're firing and banging for God, they will grow at best about 12% per annum. If you have got a tiny little half-baked, badly run house church, give it a year and it'll double. Isn't that surprising? That's just, that's just global statistics. And so... It doesn't matter if you don't if you feel ill-equipped, if you don't think you really know what to do to run one, congratulations, you qualify. <laughs> <laughs> you are ready for action. And so the the I guess the thing that we're we're wanting to say is that if you count yourself as part of this fellowship, you will intentionally engage and you will find a way to say, yes, I have a house church that I'm calling home, even if it means you've got to invent it to make it happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that that's giving you a good picture on what we're, mm -hmm. we're seeing this year look like mm -hmm. and uh, how we see it progressing and, and how we're going to pursue it like a hound for this year. <laughs> and... As we do so, look, I think that what we might do is just invite um, Ethan and Britt to, to come back and just bring the frequency back up again. And I'm just going to bring this mic out and we're just going to spend a, a little bit of time together.